0: This is the weekly podcast from Spotswood at Ladysmith in Caroline County, Virginia, USA. Rick Nicely is the lead pastor. Just want to wish all those dads out there a happy Father's Day. I hope you have a great day Uh, today. I hope um, you who um, are in their family will honor them and celebrate them as dads today. Let's go ahead and start with a word of prayer. Father in heaven, thank you so much um, for uh, this time together Today, This morning, God, I just want to thank you for my dad. Thank you for what he's done for me. Thank you that um, he raised me according to your ways and your word. And uh, God, I just pray you'll bless him today. Uh, God, thank you so much um, that we've had dads in our lives. I know many of us have struggled maybe with that relationship, but God, I pray that uh, we would see that um, we have a perfect heavenly father in you and there is no uh, shadow and no um, darkness, all light, Father and God, that we can find comfort in you today. Father, we love you. I pray you'll bless the teaching and reading of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, I just want to, uh, again, say glad you're here today. Let's go ahead and uh, start our, our, our time together this morning. We're going to continue in our Hebrew series. This is our third week in the Hebrew series. And I want to remind us that, uh, really, there's two main goals in the book of Hebrews. We have this idea that Jesus is superior, and we'll we'll name all those things. We've named several things uh, so far. He's greater than angels. He's greater than Moses. We'll talk about today uh, this idea that um, Jesus is uh, greater than even Mechizedek and um, and this idea of um, any past priest. And so uh, we'll, we'll begin to unpack that today. So I wanna go ahead and read our big idea this morning. It's this, Jesus, who is full of compassion, mercy, and grace, is the only mediator between God and man or humanity. I think it's so important to understand that Jesus is our high priest and he is the only mediator between God and man. We we touched on this a little bit last week that, that Jesus is both the apostle and high priest, but we're gonna unpack that even more Today, I think to understand this fully, we've got to begin to unpack really uh, what kind of would transpire for the uh, priest, what his responsibility was, but more importantly, what his responsibility was uh, for the people. And so um, as we we talk about this, I think we have to go back and understand uh, that God gave um, the Israelites a priest. The first priest was Aaron, and he also gave them... Uh, this sacrificial law. And so the greatest of all days was this this day of atonement. It was about six months after the Passover feast, and it was this day of atonement. Now, it was a very solemn day because it was a day when one time a year that the uh, blood of animals would be sacrificed, not only for the high priest, but also for all the people. And so this had to happen every year, year in, year out. And so beginning to understand this is really important um, that uh, Aaron would uh, take the blood uh, of these animals and, and one, sprinkle, sprinkle it, go into the Holy of Holies only one time a year, and sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat. And And as he did that, he would present it for himself and his family, but then ultimately he would also present it for the people and so let's go ahead and read we're going to read um, chapter 4 kind of the end of that 14 through 16 and they're going to pick up in chapter 5 1 through 6 so let's go ahead and read that since then we have a, a great high priest who has passed through the heavens Jesus the son of God let us hold fast our confession we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses but one who in every aspect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy, find grace, to help in a time of need. For every high priest chosen from among men is appointed to act on behalf of men in relationship to God. That's that go-between we talked about last week. To offer gifts and sacrifices for sins. He, he can deal gently with the ignorance and the wayward since he himself is beset with weaknesses. Because of this, he is obligated to offer sacrifice on his own sins just as he does for those of the people. No one takes this honor for himself, but only when he is called by God just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not exalt himself to be made a high priest, but was appointed by him who said to him, You are my son. Today I've begotten you. As he says also in in another place, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So, the first thing I want to point out is this that Jesus is our high priest. He, He is the only mediator between God and man. It says this that he passed through the heavens. Well, what does that mean? Jesus is with God above the heavens, he is also with God above the heavens. He passed through the heavens. This caused to mind the ascension of Jesus he rose through the clouds and through the sky into the realm in the very presence of God himself. Before Christ, the holy place of the tabernacle or temple was entered once a year by the high priest, as I mentioned earlier. But that was just a shadow of the true holy place in heaven where God dwells. This is where the high priest lives today, our high priest, Jesus Christ. he was. He, was a, he has immediate access to God day in and day out. See, in fact, we see this in, in Hebrews 7, 25. It says this. Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. This is what we see. Jesus besieging on our behalf before the throne of God. This is what we have. And it also says this, that not only did he pass through the heavens, but Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus isn't just merely man, but he is the divine. He's both fully God and fully man. He is the God-man. Jesus himself, in other words, he wasn't just merely a human exalted to the um, priestly place. He is the divine Son of God who created the heavens and the earth. And we see that uh, in Rome, and I'm sorry, we see that in Hebrews one. this gives his sacrifice infinite worth. Jesus does not use the blood of bulls and goats in the heavenly temple, nor does he take the blood of a mere human. He takes his very own precious blood, the blood of the Son of God. In fact, we see this in hebrews nine twelve when it says this. He entered once for all into the holy places, not by means of blood of goats and calves, but by means of his own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. This is what it took. Imagine the scene in heaven when Jesus brings his own blood at the mercy seat. And what is God himself's response? He says, this is enough. Your guilt is covered, talking to us. The curse is removed. The alienation is overcome. You who are in Christ are acquitted, justified, accepted, welcomed, because my, my righteousness has been vindicated and my glory has been honored. In other words, he overlooks my punished transgressions and counts me as a loved and innocent child. The debt has been paid. So our high priest is alive. He is alive forevermore. He is with God above the heavens in the holy place of the universe. He is the very son of God pleading on my behalf, on your behalf, by, by his blood. goes on to say this in verse, I mean, chapter four. So let us hold to our confession. Well, what is our confession? Our confession is this. There was and is a Jesus. Jesus was literally born to a virgin. He, he, he lived as a Jew, raised in Nazareth at the age of 33. He began to do his ministry. He had an earthly mother named Mary and an earthly um a stepfather named Joseph, and he was born of a virgin, and so he lived this perfect life, and he showed his um, disciples how to live. He performed miracles. He even raised the dead, and ultimately, he came to die for me and for you, and he died. He he was buried, and he rose again. Now, I want you to understand, um, we, we confess that we know that Jesus lived. In fact, when you really do the evidence. There's people like Josh McDowell, Lee Strobel, and, and others out there, uh, Ravi Zachariah, who's done an incredible amount of research um, to show you that we don't have to have just this blind faith. We have a historical Jesus that literally lived and rose again. In fact, we have even outside biblical resources like uh, Josephus who uh, verifies these things um, in history. And so we need to understand that Jesus was literally here on earth and he lived a perfect life. He died and he rose again. And we, and we have plenty of evidence for that. And so when we, when we talk about this, we, we need to understand this, that, that God laid out for us in history that his plan of redemption. And he's alive. In fact, we know that over 500 witnesses saw him in fact, we have more evidence that, that, to prove that Jesus is alive than George Washington was our first president. And so there's tons of information out there. We, we have this high priest who is alive. Unlike any other high priest that ever lived and died, Jesus lived and died and rose from the dead, never to die again. This is why the whole um, Old Testament system of the priesthood is over. Um, Jesus is our final priest between God and man, and he will never die. He has his priesthood by an indestructible life. In fact, Hebrews 7.16 talks about this. It says this, Who has become a priest, not on the basis of legal requirement concerning bodily descent, but by the power of the indestructible life. This is Jesus. He is our priest, and he is alive. So as we, we talk about this confession, we, we need to remember and remind ourselves that like Ephesians 2, 8, 9, we're saved by grace through faith. This is not of ourselves. It's to get to God that no one can boast. And we're created as his workmanship to do uh, what he predestined us to do in the walk in this. So, what is this confession? Well, we're saved by, by Christ alone, by grace alone, through faith alone. So this is the confession we have. In other words, it's not faith plus works. It's not grace plus merit. It's not Christ plus other mediators. It's not scripture plus tradition. It's not to the glory of God plus to the glory of saints. No, it is through Christ alone, by grace alone. Through faith alone. This is the confession that we see in Scripture. In other words, we're trusting in the finished work of Christ. But as we live out this life, there's both this life of confession um, or declaration and also demonstration. In other words, as we live this life, our life should be filled by signs of fruit. So it's not just this cheap grace, but it's this life of obedience. This is what our confession is. Confession is, is you, if you love me, Jesus says, you'll follow my commandments. You'll live this life out. So Jesus also, we see in Hebrews 4, is this. Not only is he, our, uh, he is the son of God and we hold to the fast to our confession, but we have a high priest who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. That word literally means compassion. We, we, have, a, we have a high priest who's compassionate toward us. We see this all through Scripture. We see where where Jesus had compassion for the sick, like the leopards. Um, He had had compassion for those who were blind and lame. He had compassion for those who were being ousted by the religious leaders, uh, like the prostitute or the woman caught in adultery, or even those who were considered um, um, outsiders as far as their race or the ethnicity, uh, like the woman at the well. We see this over and over that Jesus, uh, the Samaritan woman, who, who had, he had compassion on. In fact, as we see this, we need to understand that Jesus had compassion because ultimately he was fulfilling what Adam was not unable to fill. And so Adam we see um, as he um, rebelled against God, Um, And as that happened, the curse followed. We see Jesus step in here on earth and he fulfilled what Adam could not. In 1 Corinthians 15, 45-49 says this, Thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, then the spiritual the first man was from the earth a man of dust the second man is from heaven and was the man of dust so also are those who are of the dust as is the man of heaven so also are those who are of heaven just as we have been born just as we have been born the image of the man of dust so also bear the image Of the man of heaven, verses twenty-one and twenty-two. For as by a man came death, by a man has also come the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all dies, so also in Christ all be made alive. So, so why is Jesus so compassionate? Well, because he was fully God and fully man, fully human. Um, It's it goes on to say that. in every respect, he was tempted as we are, yet without sin. So I want you to think about this for a moment. Uh, you think about Jesus, of course, when he first started his ministry, he was baptized, he went, was led by the Spirit to go into the wilderness. This temptation in the wilderness was, is related to his identity as the Son of God, We also are, com- which is also common human temptations. Um, in other words, he was tempted to, to doubt God's goodness. He was attested. Uh, um, to trust God's faithfulness. Um, he was tested um, to turn uh, from God and, and create false worship and not worship the one true God. And so Satan appeals to Christ, validates the human's need. Um. In other words, Satan appeals to Christ's valid human need for food, uh, for reassurance, for success. Um, from these, we can also start to think of how Jesus was tempted in every way. I mean, if you think about through His life, this is what we see: He, in every way, was tempted um, to lust, to steal, to cheat, uh, to lie—all these things. Just as we were, He was tempted, um, and so in every in every way, He resisted temptation. Now, remember, temptation is not the same as sin. We can be tempted, yet sin not. And so this is what happened. We, we see Jesus was tempted. In fact, we even see in the garden where um, he was overwhelmed by the pressure, I think, of, of of the human sin and began to take on. It says he literally sweat droplets of blood. And as we see this happen, he says, not my will, Father, but your will be done. In other words, he didn't get caught up in his hum- human emotion of anxiety and the, the weight and feel of that, but he, he trusted God more than he trusted his own feelings. And so this is what we see. Jesus was tempted in every way yet without sin. Jesus is sympathetic, is therefore sympathetic with us and our weaknesses. 50 years ago, C.S. Lewis um, heard this objection from someone. He said, the person said this, if Jesus never sinned, then he doesn't know what temptation is like. He lived a sheltered life and is out of touch with how strong temptation can be. And here's, here's uh, Lewis's response. This is, this is great. A silly idea is current that good people do not know what temptation means. This is an obvious lie. Only those who try to resist temptation know how strong it is. A man who gives in to temptation after five minutes simply does not know what it would be like if he waited an hour later. That is why bad people, in some sense, know very little about badness. They have lived a sheltered life by always giving in. Christ, because he was the only man who never yielded to temptation, he is also only man who knows he is also the only man who knows to the full what temptation means. The only complete realist. Think about that for a moment. I want you to think about this. Jesus made Adam and Eve fully alive and fully human, right? In his very image. Image bearers, imago day. But because of sin and rebellion, they experienced the curse. So now they're no longer fully human or fully alive, they experienced the weight of sin, separation and relationship and the curse. And so they're technically not fully alive, not fully human anymore. And, and we experience that, right? And so, but Jesus, fully God and fully man, resisted uh, temptation in every way and did not sin. So he is the only one who really was fully alive since Adam. And so we see this. He was the—he's the only one that really experienced what true humanity should look like, and how God created us to glorify Him. And so now, through His Spirit, uh, being forgiven of our sins, be reconciled uh, to the Father through the blood of Christ, we can now become fully alive, and we can experience what it means to be fully human—to—to uh, to walk in obedience. Now it goes on to talk about that we need to draw near to God, to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and grace in this time of need. It's so, so important. And and I really want to really talk about this. So what does it mean to go boldly before this throne of grace and to find mercy and grace in a time of need? Well, listen, (laughs) the reality is this. We all need Jesus don't we? We all need Jesus, but we don't deserve Jesus. So what is this mercy? Well, mercy is is God not punishing us for our sins um, and for our rebellion that we, we do deserve. And grace is God blessing us despite the fact that we do not deserve it. In other words, mercy is deliverance from judgment, and grace is extending kindness to the unworthy. So this is what we get. We get to be delivered from judgment through the blood of Christ. And now we get to receive a blessing um, that we do not deserve through Christ by receiving his righteousness. And so we're declared righteous in, before the throne of God because of the blood of Christ. This is what we see. Now understand, when we talk about uh, what, we, what we deserve versus what we get, um, we need help. And we don't deserve it. But there's only one of a few responses that we can have. One, we can, we can try to be superhuman, right? We can just somehow um, um, work our way to a better person. Well, that's not the reality. Reality is, one, there's no such thing as better people. Uh, the Bible says that all have sinned, all fallen short, all our good works are like filthy rags, And so there's no such thing as that. And even with that, if you will try to live a moral life, that's not the objection. Uh, We have to have perfection. And the only perfect one was Jesus. So there's no way out of that. Um, So, and even for those here on earth that try to do that, that can only last for a season, right? Or then there's another alternative where we just drown ourselves in pleasure. Um, That could be um, drugs and abuse. Um, It can be alcohol abuse it could be sexual pleasure, abuse, all these things that we, we worship the created over the creator, right? Um, or we could just be paralyzed. We just, we just get stagnant. We don't, we don't make any decision, but really not to make a decision is to make a decision. I love where um, John uh, 3.16 says, "...for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish." but have everlasting life. But then John 3, 36 talks about this. Um, whoever does not have a son does not have life, but God's wrath remains on him. But whoever has the son has life. And so we need to understand that not making a decision for Jesus is making a decision for Jesus. We can't just expect to be paralyzed and, and straddle the fence. We know all of us who have tried to walk on a fence, what eventually happens, right? And so you can't do that. So let me ask you, as we, as we talk about this, we talked about, it goes on to talk about in the order of Melchizedek. Well, we, we know that Melchizedek was a priest who showed up in the Old Testament and that um, it was really twice. And really all, all God is saying in this is this, that um, in the order of Melchizedek means that Jesus' priesthood, like Melchizedek, was born out of God's sovereignty and purpose. Um, See, understanding God's sovereignty and purpose for you is to buy you back, to redeem you, to reconcile you to himself. He doesn't wish anyone to perish, but all come to repentance. And this leads us to the big question. Um, Have you or are you approaching the throne of grace, knowing that only through the blood of Christ we can have peace with God? I want to encourage you that we're saved by grace and we're sanctified by grace. And understanding that it's by the grace and mercy of Christ and through his shed blood that we can now have peace with God and a relationship with him. Would you consider that today? Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, thank you for our day. Thank you for all your goodness. God, I pray you will bless the reading and teaching of your word. And God, if there's anyone out here that does not know you and has not put faith in you, they would do that today. And accept by faith. Um, the finished work of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. This has been the weekly podcast from Spotswood at Lady Smith in Caroline County, Virginia.